0: This is episode five, Why Aluminum Matters. Welcome to Why Blank Matters, where we discuss why small topics have big impacts. I'm your host, Amber Williams. And
1: I'm your host, Kendra Clark. You know, Amber, I think if I could be any superhero, I'd be Aluminum Man.
0: That's a, that's a superhero?
1: Well, my superpower would be falling crime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so today is the anniversary of Operation Gamora, which took place in 1943. And this was an operation that the British bombers used to confuse... German radars with aluminum foil falling from the sky. And so somehow that was able to detract the German forces from tracking. And of, so it was a massive air raid. So on the evening of July 24th, the British aircraft dropped 2,300 tons of bombs in just a few hours. The explosive power was the equivalent to what the German bombers had dropped on London in the. Five most destructive raids in which there were more than 1500 german civilians that were killed in the first british raid so the apparition was i think named after like the bible when like the two cities were living in sin and god just like burned them i think that is that the city of sodom and gomorrah i think that's what it was yeah that's the name of the city so i don't know if i, I,
1: I would imagine they'd have to be related but i'm not 100 percent sure
0: So, the raids were so intense that it literally caused a firestorm. And um, they were able to do this successfully because of aluminum foil. And it was really this operation
1: that kind of brought our attention to aluminum as a potential topic. It's like, well, what else is there to learn? Mm -hmm. So, aluminum is the most abundant metal in the Earth's core. It actually makes up 8% of the Earth's mass. Yep. Um, It was discovered in 1807 by Sir... Humphrey Davy, who was a Cornish chemist. But it wasn't until much later that they were really able to start the process of being able to extract it. Because aluminum does not occur in like a pure, a pure form. form. Yeah, um, On the periodic table of elements, aluminum symbol is AL. And its atomic number is 13. One of the reasons that it is used so frequently is because it's very ductile and very easily to manipulate it also has thermal and electrical conductivity it's Um, non-magnetic it's non-magnetic and it also is and it also has good corrosion resistance so because of that it is used in all sorts of stuff that i know i i didn't realize it's used in cars it's used in airplanes high speed rail systems it's used uh it's used in power lines, cables, phones, TVs, laptops. It's also the, used in
0: water filtration.
1: Yes, water filtration, uh, deodorant, makeup, yes. cosmetics. Yes. Um, for construction, the first building that was ever built with aluminum was. I should restart that. The first building in which aluminum was widely used in building was the Empire State Building in 1931. And they did that because they said constructing it of steel would have required a much deeper foundation due to the added weight because that's the other positive of aluminum is it's super lightweight, which is why it's used for so many of these different things. And while aluminum is considered a very affordable way to build things now, Because it was so hard to extract initially, it was actually very expensive. So for example, Napoleon III, the first president of the French Second Republic, would actually serve his most honored guest using aluminum plates and cutlery because it was such a rare metal.
0: Oh, I read that he he served his guests with gold and that he ate with aluminum because it was so difficult to, um, so difficult to get. So that's interesting that. I got different. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is interesting. Either way, aluminum was like a big deal. So, um, and then in the 19th century, when they built the Washington Monument, the tip of it is actually made of
0: aluminum to symbolize its value. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. So when we talk about aluminum we also have to talk about the mining process. And so as we mentioned, it's incredibly abundant. It's incredibly abundant, so much so that it is the most abundant metal in the earth's crust. And it's the third most abundant element, but it's very difficult to mine and it's also very difficult to refine. So, To mine aluminum, you actually have to mine for bauxite, spelled B-A-U-X-I-T-E, and you'll find these ores of bauxite, and they're a naturally occurring mineral or material um, which has metal or minerals that can be obtained from it. It's considered a sedimentary rock with high aluminum content, and it was discovered in 1821 by French geologist, Pierre Berthier in southern France. So, boxit can be mixtures of silica, iron oxide, titanica, and aluminum salient, If I'm saying that correctly, boxit is classified by its commercial application. So that could be an abrasive. It could be for cement, chemical, metallurgical refractory, and then. But 85% of boxit is for alumina. So the bauxite is strip mined, 70 to 80% of the bauxite is turned into aluminum by electrolysis. So it's bulldozed, uh, they loosen the soil and then they loosen this soil with explosives and then they pick it up and transport it to a processing plant. So it takes a lot of chemicals and a lot of energy to produce aluminum. So they must separate the alumina oxide from the iron oxide through the Bayer process, which was coined by Carl Joseph Bayer in Austria, 1888. So to do that, they mix it with a caustic soda or sodium hydroxide, and it's heated under pressure with with more chemical processes. And then the end result is aluminum oxide or alumina, which is a fine white powder. From there, it goes to a smelting process, Where the alumina is turned into aluminum. And that's through an electrolytic process, which takes massive amounts of electricity. So that is why smelters are usually located very close to power plants, specifically hydroelectric power plants. And some of them even have their own power plants. So they have power plants that are specifically for that smelter only. Interesting. I didn't realize that. They're also usually located close to ports to collect imports of alumina. Uh, There's I believe seven smelter plants currently in the US. So one of the, the products that is used or was used to create aluminum was creolite. And this is the first and only mineral to be mined to commercial extinction in 1987 Hmm. so that's something to keep in mind so that was creolite was really essential to processing aluminum and so much so that access to creolite was one of the difficulties with producing enough aluminum during World War II so Greenland was not involved in World War II and they were using the U.S. as a protectorate but once the U.S. entered the war that also made Greenland a combatant in the war as well. So they had the largest deposit of a creolite. And so because we had that partnership with Greenland, that's where a lot of our exports came from or imports came from for creolite for our aluminum production. So during World War II, most of our aluminum was being mined from the state of Arkansas. And there were nazi efforts to sabotage our aluminum production so world war ii you know the nazis had like unlimited access to aluminum for whatever reason and there's some speculation that american companies were were um fueling the fire to say but um they had they had a whole operation to sabotage u.s aluminum efforts in an operation called operation Pastorious. And so the whole point of that was to, one, kill American citizens, but also sabotage aluminum efforts. The only reason the plot was foiled <laughs> was because somebody from the Nazi party defected and informed the FBI of the intentions. So aluminum was incredibly essential in World War II because we needed to produce a lot of aircraft, so much so I think we produced... Like 300,000 airplanes in World War Two, if I have my numbers correct. And aluminum
1: was so important. Um, they actually encouraged families to donate strips of aluminum foil. And if they gave that strip of aluminum foil, a lot of cities would provide the family with a movie ticket. Because
0: that's how important aluminum foil was. There's whole clips about rationing your aluminum use for the war efforts and and there was even a radio show called aluminum for
1: defense that specifically aired talking about why aluminum was important to our nation's defense which is interesting because that was one of the arguments that trump used when he began the tariffs is that it was
0: a issue of national defense so I think during this time, the Nazis were processing their aluminum through synthetic creolite, and I could be wrong there. Um, but now synthetic creolite is used to process aluminum because it is essentially extinct. And when it comes to mining, um, that's when you
1: really start seeing a lot of the environmental impacts. So as uh, Amber was talking about, it requires a lot of energy. So it requires a lot of water, a lot of power, a lot of Resources,
0: <laughs> chemicals
1: um and of course half the smelting process is typically powered by coal and extraction leads to loss of habitat and food from local wildlife as well as a significant soil erosion there is like red sludge and mine tailings that are placed in two pits and those eventually seep into the aquifers and contaminate local water sources Which is why they tend to try to use more recycled aluminum versus raw aluminum. Because the extraction process is so energy intensive. Yes, that's a good word. So it's because of how energy intensive this is, it costs a lot of money. And this is why a lot of companies decided that it was cheaper to produce their raw material in areas outside the U.S., So, areas that had cheaper hydrothermal and petroleum power. So, for example, Canada, Iceland, Russia, and the Middle East. Hmm. And So, that's good for companies that use metals, but it's bad for smelting businesses. Because these companies have been moving their aluminum production outside of the U.S., this is really where the economic factors come in. There was an article in Bloomberg Businessweek in October 2018 called The Metal That Started Trump's Trade War. The initial tariffs that were initiated by Trump were on steel and aluminum. The It was 25% on steel and 10% on aluminum as of March 2018. And part of the reason they did that is because in the year 2000, the U.S. was home to 23 aluminum smelters. But as of 2018, we were down to only six because they had moved all that production outside of the U.S. So the goal was to move all that production back to the U.S. I mean, that's been his message from the beginning, is returning jobs back here. And honestly, it worked. So since the tariffs have been introduced on aluminum, the Economic Policy Institute released a report and they talked about how U.S. aluminum production has increased by 67 percent. There have been three smelters that are being restarted and there are others that are announcing a capacity expansion because the demand for U.S. aluminum has gone up because companies that need aluminum don't want to pay that extra money for the tariffs to get it from other
0: countries. Uh, Okay. That makes sense. So when we talk about the other countries, other countries produce aluminum as well. And it looks here that Canada is the top exporter of aluminum, followed by the Netherlands, uh, United Arab Emirates, Russia, India, Australia, Norway, Malaysia, Iceland, Bahrain, and then The United States is coming in at number 11. The top 15 countries produce 76% of the global aluminum exports in 2018. Uh, The top growing exporters since 2014 were Bahrain, India, Malaysia, and the United Arab Emirates. So Some countries, their production or exports have gone down, and that includes Qatar, China, Saudi Arabia, and Australia. The United States imported approximately $24 billion worth of aluminum from a total of 134 countries. The dollar amounts reflect a 41% increase since 2014.
1: The other part of how it plays into the economy is depending on which source you look at, The aluminum industry contributes 150 to $170 billion to the U.S. economy on a yearly basis, which is close to 1% of our GDP.
0: Within that, that creates 100 billion aluminum beverage cans that are produced annually, two-thirds of which are recycled. Aluminum, if it is recycled, saves 95% of that energy process. If you recycle. And so it's one of the most beneficial things that you can recycle within your household.
1: Because it takes such a high amount of energy to produce raw, when you recycle even one can, that saves enough energy to power a TV for three hours. (laughs) Um, And what's great about aluminum and recycling is it is infinitely recyclable. There's no loss of quality when it goes through the recycling process, which is different from other materials such as glass and plastic or paper. So you can just keep using it over and over and over again. The process to take one can, recycle it, and turn it into another can takes
0: about 60 days, which is a pretty quick turnaround. So it's funny that you mentioned that because I took a print class in college and one of the things we focused on was how many times cardboard could be recycled. And to be honest, I forget the number, but I just remember thinking like, how do you keep track of like this part of cardboard? Like, how do you keep track of how many times it's recycled to reuse it? Because it has a lifespan. You can only use it like six or seven times. Don't quote me on that because I don't remember. (laughs)
1: So when it comes to recycling aluminum, the US and Canada recycle more than five million tons of aluminum every year and fifty five percent of aluminum cans make it into the recycling bin. And I think one of the so one of the most interesting things is because aluminum is so hard to extract and we continue recycling it, seventy five percent of all the aluminum that's ever been produced in the US is still used today. Whoa whoa. Say that one more time. of all the aluminum that's ever been produced
0: is still in the U.S. today. That's great. Yeah. So I mean, that could be better, but that's, like, that's really great. Well, I mean, you have to think. We
1: smoothed out the extraction process, what, in the 1800s? So we're talking about aluminum that was mined in the 1800s still potentially being in your Coke can today or your airplane or your car or whatever – Like, we're still using that same aluminum, which is pretty incredible. A lot of focus in today's age has been on plastic, but plastic can only be downcycled when it's being recycled. It can't be completely reworked. Like, a plastic bottle can't become another plastic bottle um, because there is too much degradation of the material.
0: So, is that because that would interfere with the integrity of the food or drink? And that's like... Cause I always see the shoes on Instagram, like the Rothy's. They're like, "This was made from this many bottles." I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, I, well, I just know it can't be like reshaped and remodeled. Um, so maybe we'll do an episode on plastic and we'll <laughs> learn a little bit more about that process. But there was an article by Fortune. dot And they did an article talking about aluminum versus glass. They were looking specifically at the wine industry and whether aluminum can wine is better than glassed wine, glass and bottled wine. Because if you go to the grocery store, you'll see more and more canned wine, which is something you really didn't see in years past. And part of that is because of recyclability and companies wanting to be more environmentally friendly. And so, one, the recycling process for aluminum is easier and less complicated. So, for example, if you go to a recycling center, all the aluminum could just be together. Where glass has to be sorted by color and different things like that before it can even be recycled. So, there's a lot more work intensive in the recycling process. But the other thing is aluminum actually has less transportation costs and emissions because aluminum is lighter and cans can be packed more compactly.
0: It's funny that you say that because I remember like recycling when I lived in Northern Ohio and I feel like there was some sort of like, you weren't supposed to cross state lines with recycled aluminum. Um, Like, I thought there could have been a fine if they found you. Because, like, people would take their cans and go to Michigan. Let me see if I can find anything on that.
1: It might be because maybe Michigan paid for it. Like, kind of like scrap metal. Where maybe Ohio didn't.
0: Yeah, maybe they paid back, like, different amounts. Mm -hmm. Interesting.
1: And when it comes to transportation, the article in Fortune stated that for the same volume of liquids in a truck, it would take two trucks for glass bottles versus just one truck for cans
0: okay okay
1: so it's a so like i said it's just more environmentally friendly overall though don't get me wrong there's nothing better than a nice wine bottle um that's never going to go away from the industry but it's just something to be kind of conscientious of
0: i remember my grandparents had like something in their back washroom to like just crush all the cans and you can't really do that with water bottles or glass the same way i've always wanted to do like that thing that you see on tv where people take the aluminum can they smash it on their forehead but you you should try that
1: (laughs) we'll we'll record it and post it
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean don't get me wrong i think i tried it as a kid and i failed miserably uh it didn't work so you can't talk about aluminum without talking
1: about health to some degree especially when deodorants are advertising more and more versions that are aluminum free. I don't want to get into the health aspect too much because the research is still not very strong in the area. And so I don't want to feed into conspiracy theories or like anti-science propaganda, I guess is probably the best way to put it. But there are some things to look at and just kind of touch on a little bit. So, aluminum is in everything. It's in food we eat as additives. It's in any antiperspirant, perspirants, astringents. It's in our water treatment systems. Mm-hmm. There's even aluminum in breast milk and formula. So, like, it's coming from your actual own body. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> so, the average adult eats roughly 7 to 9 milligrams of aluminum a day in their food. Which sounds like a lot, but the FDA has repeatedly determined that aluminum as a food additive or medicine is generally safe. Like, it's not really going to cause you any health issues. But there is such a thing called aluminum toxicity. And that occurs when somebody ingests or breathes in high levels of aluminum into the body. Mm -hmm. And that exposure to high levels can cause serious health problems. So that's typically going to occur for people who work in industries where they may be exposed to that aluminum powder or dust where they're inhaling it, the average person's not going to have that high level of aluminum contact. But they've found that people who have increased aluminum levels in their blood are at a higher risk for Alzheimer's, breast cancer, and some different health issues. But that doesn't mean that Using deodorant or breastfeeding or any of these things are going to cause these diseases, which is why I want to make sure I'm prefacing this. (laughs) Um, But it is something that they're still doing research on and you really can't talk about without touching on it.
0: So to backtrack just a little bit, I do remember that policy being accurate. Like I remember seeing the signs about taking cans into Michigan and how Mm -hmm. there was a fine. So you can spend up to 93 days in jail and you might be forced to pay a fine of $1,000 if you are caught taking cans into Michigan to recycle. And the reason for that is because they started an initiative 30 years ago to pay 10 cents per can returned in the state of Michigan. So that's why it was such a big deal.
1: See, I should, I should start, like, making some money off my aluminum cans because I just put them in my recycling bin. <laughs> <laughs> and they just go for free. <laughs> if I had every 10 cents for every can I turned in. I wonder if that's why schools, like, collect the, um like, the tabs. The box tops? Not the box tops, but the, like, can tabs.
0: Oh. Why? Yeah, that's interesting. They do collect tabs for
1: things. The March of Dimes, they said that the reason they collect tabs is because they're more easily recycled and easier to store in collection containers and they're smaller and cleaner than collecting cans and so it's easier for the charity to handle when they're receiving large volumes. As you can see, aluminum is important but it is most important when we're using it in a recycled form versus that raw material. So we want to encourage you to recycle. Even aluminum foil, can be recycled as long as it is rinsed off and washed beforehand because there can't be any contaminants of food particles or grease but if we recycle then we can help save energy and power
0: and the environment and so i think that concludes this episode for more information be sure to find us on instagram and twitter at y underscore underscore matters and on facebook at why blank matters see you next week see ya Illumina